Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 22 of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from CA World in Las Vegas. I'm Aaron, and unfortunately, Brian is breaking his streak of batting 1,000 and being on every Cloudcast to date. He'll join us next time. Today, we have Jeremiah Dooley, Principal Architect for Solution Provider Solutions with VCE, as our co host. How you doing, Jeremiah? Great. How are you, Aaron? Good, good, good. And we are joined by Andy Mann, published author, so I'm going to throw that in there, and VP of Strategic Solutions at CA Technologies. Andy, welcome to the show. Hi, Aaron. How you doing? Good, good, good. So, Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, apparently I'm a published author. That's a, <laughs> yes. I'm a bit of a big deal right yeah. here. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, look, I'm VP with uh, CA Technologies, uh, working with the Enterprise and Cloud Solutions Group. Um, dealing with strategic technology. So essentially I'm trying to pull together lots of different products, uh, solutions, capabilities, services to try and just help solve customer problems. Um, been around IT for a longer than I care to mention. Uh, <laughs> 15 years or so in data centers to start with, sure. uh, operator, sysprog, all that sort of stuff. A couple of different vendors, analyst for five years, saw the uh, error in my ways and now I'm with CA Technologies. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, just uh, so everyone out there uh, listening to this later on, we are actually doing this Sunday evening, the first night of CA World, and we just wrapped up the keynote. So in case you weren't aware, the keynote was, was actually very nice. A lot of uh, heavy hitters there. We, we had Michael Capellas, yep. CEO of VCE. We had Bill McCracken, CA CEO, and Vivek Kundra. He was actually there and made an appearance. And who was the moderator? Uh, Randy Zuckerberg. There you go, as well. Randy Zuckerberg, as well, was moderating the session. So, Andy, what did you think of the, the session? I thought it was fantastic. It was really interesting. We didn't focus on just CA management technologies. It was about technology and business. Where we've come from, where we're going, what's going to be important. You know, how to treat different device types. What about cyber warfare, security? You know, what's going to help us go to the cloud? What's going to stop us going to the cloud? Um, some questions from the audience. We were uh, tweeting out questions. They were catching, uh, Randy was catching them on our iPad and, and asking the, the guys there. Uh, oh, it's just a fantastic round table, open discussion. Really interesting. Great, great. And uh, we were just talking about this earlier. I'm sure there will be a replay available on CA.com very, very soon. But yes, absolutely fantastic session. If you get a chance, please go see that. Uh, and also I wanted to, quick disclaimer, Jeremiah and I both work for VCE. Yes, we do. And this being episode 22 of this podcast, I think this is actually the first time we've had anything VCE or employer related. <laughs> so, so disclaimer, if you don't want to hear anything about VCE and CA and, and some of these other things... This isn't the podcast for you, unfortunately, this week. We work hard not to make it a product <laughs> pitch, though. Exactly. And really what we're here to, to talk about tonight is really exactly that, solutions in general and yep. solving business issues. And along those same lines, VC and CA did a partnership earlier this year. Yeah, absolutely. And so tell us a little bit about that partnership and some of the benefits that have come out in the, say, six months or so that it's been out there. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm very excited about that because obviously, you know, CA, we're doing management software mainly. 
Um, we don't, we're not hardware people. We're, not, we're very hardware independent. Yeah. Um, and we see a platform like the VCV block come out. And to me, that's really exciting. I mean, I, I'm all about cloud and virtualization. And I look at that platform and, I, and my first thought is this is a platform for cloud um, and one of the things which actually struck me about it when I first saw it a long time ago was the opportunity to do desktop virtualization on that box the interconnects the IO the memory these are some of the big blocking points for desktop virtualization sure and then you know you think about how can we work together and put management technologies around a virtual desktop environment that's available on demand, uh, user accessible. Uh, that's the sort of thing that we're doing, and that's you know that's actually one of the go to markets that we're working on together mm -hmm. is exactly that. It's client management for virtual desktops on a V block. And okay, great. And what are your thoughts around? public cloud versus private cloud versus hybrid cloud versus cloud bursting versus <laughs> everything else you can think about under the planet. Because the, the reason why I'm where I'm going with that is because um, me personally and the customers I see, there is an interest in public cloud, but it is more of a, they, they want to see it, but then they also tend to lean towards the private cloud because the private cloud is maybe one step closer to what they're doing today and that, that public cloud is maybe something that's a couple of years out yet. What are you seeing in the enterprises you talk to? Mostly, it's, it's very similar. Private cloud is the cloud of choice today in the larger enterprises that I talk to. And I'm, you know, I'm talking to CIOs all around the world and in government, and, but mostly larger organizations. And there's fear for you know, better or worse, whether it's for real or not, about security, about compliance, about data leakage, and these sorts of things, about downtime and reliability. And you get the fear factor coming in from the big outages, you know, AWS and uh, Office 365, yep. Salesforce.com. Okay. You know, and that doesn't necessarily mean that your internal data center is going to be up any better than AWS or Office 365, but there's this perception. And so most of the organizations are steering away from public cloud. That said, I think they don't know that they're using public cloud when they are. Their, their employees <laughs> right. are already doing it. Right. Right? Yes. They're using Dropbox. They're using Gmail. They're getting around CIO policy, uh, IT policy by using you know, alternates. Yes. Um, you know, Salesforce started that way, right? Yep. It was it was the sales organization saying, you know what, our installed Salesforce automation, customer relationship management software yep. is not good enough. IT doesn't know what we want. IT doesn't know what we want. So we're going to go outside and do what we need. Right. And so, uh, people are doing this. People are doing this already. Um, so people who, or the organizations say, oh, we're not using public right. cloud. Uh, right. They don't know they're not right. using right. public cloud. Yep. And, 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 and another interesting point, I think you... In an interview you gave with Stu Miniman at EMC World, mm -hmm. you, you brought up a very interesting point in the fact that even if they are using public cloud, you oftentimes have some private cloud kind of drag because it gets the organization, even if it's rogue public cloud, you get acceptance because, oh, yeah. hey, that public cloud thing, it, it, it worked, right? Even if it maybe doesn't exactly fit the needs as the, of the greater enterprise, there's some acceptance level that is kind of drug along. Yeah. Something like I'm, I'm a big fan of rogue cloud. You know, it sounds <laughs> pejorative and it's not meant to be. And it's something I wrote about a long time ago, even before I joined CA, about you should let your people use rogue cloud. Um, you should learn from them because they're the, 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 the bellwethers of this technology. The people who go out and use rogue cloud, they're 
the early adopters. These are the people who are going to get the skills. They're going to understand what goes right, what goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Use that. Learn from that. It's a rogue cloud is a great thing. And it's actually, if you think about it this way, just the term was never used, but it used to be rogue virtualization. Yes, indeed. You know, yep. It would be somebody playing with VMware, uh, you know, what, what was it at the time? GSX, yeah. whatever, whatever, kind of going, hey, you need to do this stuff. It's really, really cool. And then next thing you know, they would start, turn around and did it, and no one knew. And, yeah. you know, and again, it, was, a, it was about IT not doing the right thing. It was about IT developers mostly, right? Mm-hmm. Saying to IT, I need a server to do this project. IT saying, sure, I'll get back to you in three months. The developer saying, but I need to deliver it in three months. <laughs> so they just used the resources they had. They threw some GSX on there. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask you this. You, you wrote a, a book recently to, you know, the published author aspect of you here, right? <laughs> um, so so the, the title is Visible Ops Private Cloud, From Virtualization to Private Cloud in Four Practical Steps. It's a mouthful. It is. Right. <laughs> every, every, every good book's going to have a subtitle, right? So tell us a little bit about the book and, and what are some of the lessons I know um, you presented at VMworld based mm-hmm. off the book as well. And, and from what I heard, the session went very well. Oh, cool. Thank you. So uh, so tell us a little bit about that and, and the methodology behind that. And I should say, too, it's co-authored, too. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, so get, you know, proper credit there. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so it's from the IT Process Institute. Now, they're the people who wrote the Visible Ops series. Visible Ops itself, the first in the three-book series now, um, was originally intended very much as a practitioner's guide. Um, in that case, mostly around service management and ITIL type of practices, but not the highfalutin strategic ITIL. <laughs> right, the, right, the, right. The actually help me, help me get my job done ITIL. Yes. Um, and there's a big difference there. <laughs> um, the second one was Visible Ops Security, and that was written with uh, luminaries in the security world like Gene Kim. Okay. Um, and the third one was with Kurt Milne, who's with the IT Process Institute, and Jeannie Moraine, who's with Flexera. Okay. Um, and between us, I think we added it up, and it was very disturbing. I think sixty years of experience in IT management. Um, it's uh, are you proud of it? Are you not? I know, yeah. right? It's a, bit, it's a bit of a concern, really. Um, and it was interesting because the way we wrote the book was not really just us three writing it. We interviewed CIOs and VPs and directors and sysadmins and technical architects and so forth from around about 40 different companies. Okay. And I like to say, you know, there's three names on the cover of the book, but there's about 45 people inside it. <laughs> sure. Um, and we really tried to... The one thing that's really unique about the Visible Ops series is it takes real quotes from real people and talks about their problems and how they solve them. Um, and so it is four practical steps... Um, getting from virtualization to cloud doesn't get into you know how do you configure and what ports do you open and stuff like that but by the same token it doesn't sit up at a strategic level that you know oh you should do cloud because you'll be more agile sure um, and so uh, everyone who comes and talks to me about the book and this is so reassuring says this pretty much the same thing this is a really pragmatic useful book mm-hmm. I had one guy um, who was fantastic he came up at, uh, at VMworld actually and told me how he bought copies for the rest of his team and refers to various chapters loudly in meetings <laughs> and that is just so cool I love I love to hear that yeah and, I, and one thing I, I think it was in one of your blog posts you, you mentioned it's a book for doers not just thinkers yeah I absolutely like I like that very cool um, so Let's turn it back to CA World for a little bit quickly. 
Is there any big announcements? There's obviously the you know there's the cloud track, and there seems to be just a lot of absolutely great, exciting sessions going on around cloud, around automation, a lot of the management and orchestration products that you offer. So, what are some of the highlights people can expect from this week? Yeah, this is actually going to be a really exciting week. Um, we're looking at making cloud more agile, and you know it's a it, you know I say it's a highfalutin word. Cloud needs to be more agile, and it is. But when you start to bring it down to some of the products we're releasing this week around how to make the choice of which applications to move to the cloud, when, why, which clouds to use, and which applications to not move to the cloud, you know, that's actually a very legitimate decision. Um, looking at how to secure the cloud, there's security announcements, but again, we've got new products coming out, um, fantastic things around identity and access management for cloud-based applications. So connecting, you know, the ability to use AWS, the ability to use Salesforce.com with your internal existing security, take away some of this concern. You know, again, whether it's real or not, the sure. concern is real. Yep. Um, and so those sorts of things, um, looking at obviously the performance management side, we've got some other products coming out. So there's a whole handful and most of it's actually happening tomorrow, so I can't give you too many specifics. <laughs> what if I promise not to publish till tomorrow? No, just, no, that's fine, absolutely, absolutely. But it is very exciting. I mean, again, making agile choices is something that we want to help our customers to be able to do, and that's that's essentially what we're driving at with all these product announcements. Sure, sure. And something else I think you might have mentioned in your book or a blog post, I just remember it somewhere, of design services, not systems. Yes. And, and I think that's probably the key of where you're going with that, and especially when it comes to, say, the applications, when you say some are ready and some aren't. And, you know, there's, there's many in, in the cloud space that say, well, you pretty much just need to rewrite everything from the ground up, and, and it, it's, it's going to happen over time, right? But it's not today. Most it's of not them today. run public clouds, Aaron. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and where I'm going with that is is first of all, that's absolutely spot on, right? It's all around the needs of the business. Mm -hmm. How are you going to meet the needs of the business? But the needs of the business may not be rewrite your app to be agile right. and cloud ready, yeah. right? There's some things that might be migratable, and there's some, some things that might not yep. be migratable for whatever reasons, right? Um, and, and so that's really interesting going forward because how much of that adoption are you seeing today and how fast do you think we will change over time into that mm. futuristic cloud-based, you know, every application or every service everywhere on any device? You know, wh where do we go from where we are today to the future, right? Yeah, it's interesting because I actually segregate the sort of services we look at in the cloud between cloud migrant services and cloud native services. Okay. And there are actually also rogue cloud services and even cloud free services. Sure. You know, so the the whole idea of, of design services, not servers, and I'm not going to take credit for that line. I don't think it was actually me who wrote it. <laughs> um, but it is from the book. Okay. okay. Um, and it is it's it's definitely something that I, I repeat quite regularly is you know servers bad, systems better, services good, uh, right? Okay. Um, because that, that's the way I think of it. You've got to think about what is the service that you're trying to deliver. And some of it is going to be a case of cloud migration. Mm -hmm. So you're going to migrate services. And in the book, we talk about the idea of lift and shift. Sure. Um, and so you lift an application, and you pick it up, and you drop it down on a cloud provider. Okay. And so you've got then a cloud migrant service. But then there's a whole bunch of stuff you've got to, you do have to design from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things I think of really strongly there 
business analytics, you know, sure. big data type ap applications, BI, um, social uh, mobile applications that are using large amounts of data that are scattered geographically. These are more cloud native applications, cloud native services. You build them in the cloud, for the cloud, they run in the cloud and they live in the cloud. Mm -hmm. Then there is of course the rogue cloud which we've spoken about. And cloud free, there's some services for some organizations that are not going to run in the cloud. So this is the sort of differentiation that I think of. How it's going to take different approaches to get those different applications into the cloud. Sure. Um, for some of the lift and shift stuff, it's going to be a case of packaging it up, you know, trying to detangle all the spaghetti right. that is a service in the modern right. world. It's yeah. funny how we draw on in diagrams nice pretty three-tier architectures <laughs> and stuff. But then you look at someone's actual network architecture diagram of even just a single service, and it's like, wow, where does that start and the, <laughs> and the edge of the whiteboard finish? Yes. You know? yes. um, so untangling it, getting this portfolio view, that's actually stage one mm -hmm. in the four-stage process in the book mm -hmm. is cut through the cloud clutter. Understand what is your portfolio, get a, get a portfolio view of your service environment, mm -hmm. start to divvy it up into what I can move, what I can't move. That's the, I mean, that's the first stage, is understanding what services have you got and what can you do with them. Yeah. It's actually interesting how much the uh, the evolution of VCE and the VCE message kind of dovetails directly into mm -hmm. that. You know, early on we were fighting the systems battle, the servers battle, right? How does the stack look? How does it get put together? What can I do? What knobs can I turn? Um, and as we've continued down that path, what we've turned into uh, is the what I call the infrastructure is boring phase, right? The infrastructure is is important only in that it it gives your customers a sense of confidence, right? Performance-wise, availability-wise, but really the discussion with customers on how to utilize that, you know, be it private cloud or be it a service provider who's looking to stand up uh, a managed private cloud type environment is operationally, why does this make sense to the business? Mm -hmm. Why does it make sense to your customers' businesses? Why does it make sense to your own business? And how do you put the tools in place to be able to use that infrastructure to its fullest extent and turn that into as much of a service as you can. And so it's interesting that a company who only sells hardware and a company that only sells software are both looking at that environment kind of through the same, you know, through the mm -hmm. same prism. And I think we've we've come to much the same conclusion there that it's going to be the you know the management, the orchestration. Uh, it's going to be the stack that sits on top of the infrastructure that ends up being the differentiator there at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting in the keynote today, uh, Mike Capellas actually said, you've got to raise it up the stack. It's got to be about business services. Yeah. And I really liked a line that Vivek Kundra had. People don't care how many data centers you've got. They care how long they have to wait in line at the DMV. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's and, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that for me epitomizes the difference between caring about your infrastructure right. and caring about your business service. Right. No end user has ever cared what fabric switch you were using. Exactly. If, if the application is available and if the application performs the way they need it to, the rest of it could be, you know, could be off in a, in a third, you know, a third planet and no one's going to care about it. You know, the application is what ends up ruling the day. Very cool. So I'm actually going to turn it away from cloud for one second. Ooh. <laughs> there's Wait, something there's, else? I was going to say, there's <laughs> yeah. more than cloud. So this brings up something else. You, you're credited with the term virtual stall. Ah. And so so actually, this goes back a bit. I want to say it was Cloudcast number 
2005, if I remember correctly, with Steve Kaplan. Oh, yeah. Of, of INX fame, now Presidio, by the way. Congratulations, Steve. Um, <laughs> with uh, with your the Presidio acquisition of INX. But he gave you credit for the virtual stall term, and he said it, VDI specifically at the time we were mm -hmm. discussing how big of a factor it was. And we spoke to him probably back in February, March of this year. Is that something you're still seeing in the enterprise today? It actually is. And I'm surprised at one side that I'm still seeing it this far on. That was, sure. I think, back in 2010, early 2010, I think it was, when I st first started mm -hmm. to see that. It was just after I'd left EMA, the analyst firm I was with. Mm -hmm. And at EMA, we had great data, and I did primary research, but I only had one data set to work with because I didn't have a subscription to Gartner and Forrester right. and, and IDC and the all that. So it was, I, I, was, I, I was like a kid in a candy store when I came out to, to CA and I had all access to all this data and I saw this trend. And so that was quite some time ago, that's 18 months ago. And I knew it was real. I knew it was happening. Uh, I talked to a lot of people about it. And even last week I was at a seminar down in Houston talking to some people down there about their virtualization and looking around the room and it's a question I always ask how virtualized are you what's the ratio and most of that room was under 50% still sure. 40 something percent one guy said ah oh, 80% right. which is I mean phenomenal yeah. I think and most of them were still below 50%. Yeah. And I really thought that even you know, 18 months on, we'd be 60, 65. Yeah. But I'm still seeing it. And it's still not a technology problem. Right, right. It's still about management process, about policy, about server huggers, about politics, sure. yeah. about choosing the right applications. And don't touch my application. Use that guy's application to try this stuff out on. Sure. Um, and it's really quite disturbing. And let me ask you this, does the virtual stall concept transition over to the cloud? Because you don't, a lot of people say you don't need virtualization for cloud, and, and that's very true. But at the same time, is that same theory potentially going to hold true of you might see some cloud introduction, you might see you get to a certain point, and then it just kind of does the same stall. Yeah, it's something that someone pointed out at the time, uh, maybe in one of my comments, in the comments on my blogs about this, was that it may not be necessarily unique to virtualization. Mm -hmm, it sure. could be just be because virtualization was such a fundamental change. And, you know, human beings are resistant to change. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't like change. And cloud is another fundamental change. And I think it's going to apply to cloud as well. I think in, especially when you talk about public cloud, which is such, so much more of a fundamental change than private cloud, because private cloud can be very evolutionary. Sure. You know, people who are comfortable with virtualization, they add the automation and standardization and self-service and that sort of stuff on top right. of it. They're changing how they consume, not what they consume. Yeah. But when you go to public cloud, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. They're changing what you consume Correct. at that point. And that's much more fundamental. So I think it is going to be an issue and again, I don't know that it's going to be one of technology. Mm -hmm. uh, technology's easy. People are hard. Right. Well, and I think that there's a there's a discussion that you know we that came out as part of a um, you know uh, uh, the blog post. You know, could could uh, Amazon Web Services have been built on a V block? Right. Right. Yes. Which was just my you know spur of the moment two o'clock in the morning response to some 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 fairly energetic uh, uh, Twitter cloud talk. 
Um, and I think that there comes a point where the workloads that you have, whether that's traditional workloads that are looking to be virtualized, or whether that's application workloads that have the ability to be put into the public cloud, you run into a point where you've just run out of them, mm -hmm. right? As, yeah. an, as an enterprise, right? And why you run out of them, there may be different reasons. You may run out of them because you're not comfortable with virtualizing any further. You may not have the financial benefit of virtualizing them any further, right? That, that last 30, 40% virtualization, you're really not seeing direct capital cost savings, mm -hmm. you're starting to get into the operational and the consumption cost savings. And I think that there are businesses that don't see those the same way they see how much am I going to be able to keep my budget static. And so you run into a point where you just don't have workloads that you're prepared to virtualize anymore. And so that's where you see that stall. And I think on the public cloud side, I think that there are any number of applications that are very easy to put into a cloud. Right? mostly by companies who have a very small number of applications that they provide as their primary line of business. So you talk about the Netflix, mm -hmm. um, you talk about the, the Facebooks and the Googles of the world where it's not an enterprise IT shop that has you know dozens and dozens of applications. There's a small number of applications that are being consumed by enormous numbers of people, but they translate well to that public cloud consumption model. I think at some point you run out of easy apps yeah. to move. And so now, much like virtualization, you've got to start digging deep into the fundamentals of, am I prepared to take this legacy application and invest in completely rewriting it or finding a vendor who has already rewritten it and move that to the cloud? And so on both sides, whether that's the virtualization or the cloud side, you know, I think at some point it's not that the glass is full, it's that there's no more water. <laughs> yeah. It's a very good point. You're always going to have, you know, like, there's always infamous pictures of, you know, the, the boards in the airports, the departure ones, and that, you know, something's blue screened on, right. on Windows NT, right? <laughs> it just, it doesn't translate well, and right. you're never going to get off that platform, or if you do, it's so cost prohibitive, or whatever, right? So, yeah. And the service providers are sitting in the middle, and I think that the service providers are in the perfect spot to be that transition buffer. Right, because on one side, they can allow you to continue to consume the way you're consuming, but they're also starting to make you think about how the operational costs of things are important. Right, because you don't have to worry about necessarily capital cost anymore. Um, you're changing the model of how you're paying for what you're consuming, which I think in most of the customers that we talk to, uh, since primarily the, the organizations that I deal with at VC are service providers, uh, most of the time getting into that model helps start that sea change in not necessarily pushing everything to the public cloud, but understanding from an internal IT perspective, how do I pitch the public cloud as a business benefit and not just as the easy way to do something or the fast way or the cool way of doing something? Because at the end of the day, most CFOs, most CIOs, they really do want to see a business return yeah. on that type of investment. And I think the service providers will end up being in an interesting place to you know, handle the outflow of the, I don't want to be in a data center business anymore. Right? My core competency is not IT, but will also be the interface that allows you to start moving those workloads to a more public type cloud, um, or even being able to move those to a fully public type cloud. So the, you know, both from a CA standpoint, as well as from a VCE standpoint, we're seeing lots of very interesting conversations with systems integrators, uh, with service providers, you know, all of whom kind of feel that pull in both directions. Short term, I've got people who just want to keep consuming, mm -hmm. right? I, private cloud, hosted private cloud, those things are important. But long term, I think everybody sees that if the application is the only thing that matters, 
at some point we just need to worry about the application and you know the whole legacy virtualized stack doesn't necessarily take that into account very well very cool all right so we're about out of time for this week jeremiah time for you to pimp your stuff Sweet. <laughs> Where can people uh, Where can people follow you? Find out more about sure. you. Read blogs, Twitter, whatever. So I'm on Twitter. It's uh, jdooley underscore clt. Uh, the blog is vm for sp at tightpad.com, and I will be in Raleigh for the um, Internet Summit uh, 2011. We're doing a track on virtualization. So specifically, we'll be talking about uh, management and orchestration. And I have a slide that has 60-point font that says infrastructure is boring. Nice. So it, so it should be a good time. So anybody who's going to be out there, you know, say hi. Great, great. And Andy, how about you? Where can people find out more about you? Gee, people need to figure out how, they, how can they avoid me. <laughs> um, the primary place I blog is on my own blog at pleasediscuss.com slash Andyman. That's A-N-D-I-M-A-N-N. Of course, I'm all over Twitter, unfortunately, for most of the tweet stream, at Andyman. Uh, also, I blog at the ca.com communities website quite prolifically. Great. And that's it for this week. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or reach us at thecloudcast.net where you'll find links to the show and show notes. You can leave us a comment, send us an email, or details on how to stream us on Stitcher. Thanks for listening.